All right, my friends, I got Ryan Fellman with The Path to Manliness. He is an author. He is a content creator. Uh, he's an ultra marathon runner. He's an all around badass uh, hailing from the Tennessee Hills and enjoying life. We just had an awesome little intro conversation, kind of get to know each other. But Ryan, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, your Instagram account is one that I constantly look at. I know all, all of my friends and followers are uh, big fans of the content you're putting out there. Yeah, but man, tell me a little bit about you and, and welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Aaron. I'm uh, I'm excited. We were having a great talk before we get started here. So, you know, like you said, I think we both share pretty similar values. We've got the same kind of mission. You know, one thing we were kind of talking about before we got started is there's a real lack of masculine men out there. And I mean, to the point where some people don't even know how to define that anymore or even what a man is. Years ago, you used to see guys like us and we'd sometimes look at each other like competition. Mm-hmm. You know, now, like whenever I see somebody like you or me, I'm excited. I'm like, holy shit, finally somebody I can actually talk to. So yeah, I, I run Path to Manliness. I started this account about four and a half years ago. And it's what it sounds like. I'm just trying to help guide men on their own path to manliness. And it's it's a definitely an evocative name. Like I, whenever you hear that name, like whether it's good or bad, you can get a reaction out of it. But this might surprise some people. A lot of men reach out to me um, every day I get messages. Hey, thanks for putting out the content. You're really helping me. Hey, you know, my dad left me when I was young. I didn't have that kind of influence. Hey, um, my dad was just, he was just a low life. He didn't show up. It's just really nice that, you know, you are trying to help guide people on this way. And I mean, to the point where guys will set up coaching calls just to, whether it's be more masculine or to be a better man. I mean, Mm -hmm. it can be whatever they want, but there's definitely a need out there for more role models in the male sphere. And um, I think it's really easy to forget how lost men are. Um, yeah. And and that's that's where this came from. Because in my early 20s, I just, like most guys, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to yeah. do. And a lot of times you get bad advice. A lot of guys say things like, um, you know, hey, just, you know, pay your dues, take your time, and eventually mm-hmm. it'll all work out. And it's like... Not always. I, I got yeah. plenty of examples of guys where it did not work out, you know? That's And it's a very passive approach when you think about that from the standpoint yes. of just waiting for the right opportunity. And I think where we have really lost the art of becoming men is we stop learning from manly men. And, so, you know, so you've got this account. It's got like 100K followers, um, great engagements, really good content, short, sweet, brief, little uh, manly fortune cookies. That's kind of how I like look at it. Like they're little, for- they're like masculine fortune cookies. We're like, all right, like what's the daily read that we're going to get from Ryan today on how to be a more dialed in masculine man? But where did you get the idea for this content? Like where did, where are you getting your content from? Did you get it growing up? Did you have a father, grandfather? like pour into you tell me kind of like the og story of you yeah um i I actually had a few good role models growing up um you know my my dad was pretty typical masculine male archetype um he wasn't quite as fitness driven as i am um but he still like worked out a lot so he taught me to go to the gym at an early age it's kind of like a 1950s dad you know he's a little more old school and um it always worked for us. You know, I was lucky. I had my mom at home all the time. So she was shuffling us from sports event to school and all that stuff. And, and he set the example, you know, he was a good role model for that. I also had two awesome older brothers, um, mm. you know, growing, growing up, they were very different. Um, one of them 
was uh, on his way to becoming a cop and the other one was almost on the opposite path, but he kind of straightened his life out. And uh, they, they were both like really good examples and in, uh, in different ways. You know, one of them was a little bit more straight laced. The other one was a little bit more like, let's have fun. You know, let's be the social guy, the happy guy. Um, but, you know, they taught me how to talk to girls. They taught me how to, mm. you know, throw a football. Um, you know, I played sports with them growing up. So I, I was surrounded by a pretty decent amount of, of male role models, I guess, more so than most guys are nowadays, you know? Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, well, I, I spent a lot of time at this um, this karate academy, and uh, I get to see a lot of these kids coming in. And it's almost never dad bringing the kid. I mean, sometimes dad's involved. Sometimes dad's just at work, but, you know, he's still involved. But a lot of times he's not. He's completely out of the picture. And grandma and grandpa are taking kids to to class. And uh, you can tell that there's like a void in that kid's life. Like yeah, I can man. usually pick out which kid it is before I see the parents come pick them up because mm-hmm. of the way they interact with an older man. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, mm-hmm. They're looking for that male figure. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's really easy in our corner to talk about how men get screwed over in the divorce courts. And I was one of those. Mm. So I 100% agree with that. The thing that doesn't get talked about as often is that a lot of times dad walks away when the divorce happens. And then oh, totally, yeah, these kids are out there just on their own. I mean, there's there's guys out there that just they go through the divorce. They make their their child support and they're like, that's it. I'm free. I don't yeah, have to deal man. with this anymore. Or it's, they don't close my mind. Yeah. Or they don't play child support. And then you got the deadbeat dad. That that was, that was my uh, growing up. I was raised by a single mom that worked super hard and only yeah. child. And, you know, I had to be the man in the house at a very young age. And it was uh, that kind of that deadbeat. All right. I'm, I'm off the hook. I don't have to take any responsibility. And I, it's the lack of responsibility. I think that is really affecting so many men these days where yeah. they are just not stepping into the fire. They're not stepping into the ring. They're not sharpening the sword, They're not spending time with other healthy masculine men because they're, they're afraid. You know, they're afraid or they've never been taught or, you know, whatever the reasons are. But then now we have this flock. We have this flock of young men that are going to channels like yours that are raising their hand saying, man, I I need some help. I need some help. I need some guidance. And I love what you're doing because your content is short, sweet. It is old school. It does. And now that you say it it is kind of 1950s principles of like, (laughs) this is like, this is what it means to be a man. But high level men, share share some of like your core principles and values that uh, you believe are essential to the path to manliness. Yeah. um, I like the old school ways. I'm not saying it has to work that way. That's just the example that I was given as I grew up and it worked really well for me. You know, there's guys out there that like that idea because they want to be able to have like control in the relationship and and get the last say and all this, but it's not the easiest path either. I mean, I hear so many guys saying like, Hey, how come women don't split the bill? And it's like, Whoa, hang on. You want the old school ways. You don't get to pick and choose which ones you want. I mean, if you're going to go the old school way and you want mom to stay at home and take kids and cook and clean and all that stuff, and you don't want to do it, that's fine. But then mm. you're picking up the bills. I yeah. mean, that's how it was back then. So you, you can't pick and choose. Um, so what what values do I, you know, personally, I think um, I think the biggest thing for me has always been like work ethic. And uh, it's it's something that always defined me. And I got that as an early age with sports because I wasn't the most gifted athlete, which is kind of a funny thing to say because, you know, I'm I'm 35 now and most 35 year old guys look nothing like you or I. So when they see me, they're like, oh, you just have good genes. I'm like, man, 
I wish I could show you everything I've done over the years. Like I did not get anything easy. Like I had to work for all of sure. this. And uh, that translated into um, the real world too. I mean, getting this Instagram channel, people talk about it. Oh, it must be easy to be an Instagram you know, creator. Like what? No, <laughs> it's, it's insanely hard to get people to follow you. Like, what are you talking about? Why, why do you think that's easy? You got to build it. Um, you know, consistently. Yeah. Consistently. That's yeah. one thing um, that I've learned after doing this for a while. So I used to think YouTubers had it easy. And then I realized like, you got to look presentable every day. Like mm -hmm. you can't be sick. You can't be down. Like you got to be on your mm -hmm. A game mm -hmm. and it's hard to do that. Um, so work ethics, huge. I think honor is a big one. And uh, that's a really fun one to talk about, but it's hard one to define. And I've actually written about this. I've got, um, if you search Pat's Manliness, seven pillars of masculinity, I kind of talk about what I think defines masculinity and um, honor is a big one. Leadership is huge. And I think those two things are missing nowadays. There's a real lack of men that want to stand up and do something, mm -hmm. you know, and I think leadership is something that is, um, I think it scares a lot of men away because it sounds too heavy. Hard. It sounds like you can't. Yeah. And it is hard. Um, it takes a lot of consistency. It takes a lot of ownership and, you know, when you start doing something like, let's say, coaching Little League or, you know, the basketball team or whatever, like you don't just have to know like the skills of how to hold a baseball bat or how to throw a basketball. That part's pretty easy. Like you got to show up there and be a good example. Like if these kids like hear you talking, they're looking up to you like they expect yeah. you to be this pinnacle of man, you know, they, mm -hmm. they're going to end up like you because they think you're cool. Almost all young boys think the older man that's helping them is the coolest person ever. Yeah, man. Yeah, Especially if you're not that, dead, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's such a powerful tool in uh, the young men's rite of passage, you know, helping them age from uh, where they are really just, they're, they're leaving the womb, they're leaving the comfort of mother and they're going into the world of men. They need the older brothers, the older uncles, the mentors, the guides, and not just the father figure. And if they're absent, if they, if they're completely absent from that tribe, um, that's where all of the behavioral issues really start. You know, every, every young boy is looking for, uh, they're looking for dad. They're looking for the guidance, that father figure, because at the end of the day, when he looks in the mirror, he's like, who am I going to grow up into? And if the models aren't there, they're giving him the foundation of these principles, hard work, consistency, honor, leadership. Um, you know, it, it, though, that's, it, that's how we learn. It's we learn by modeling. We don't learn by, you know, being taught. What other models do you guys have right now? I mean, yeah. I, it's funny because I used to be the guy that would complain about how uh, Disney's killing off all the male characters in the Marvel universe or Star Wars or whatever. And they are. And then part of me is like, oh, all these kids are going to grow up with no like real traditional male role models. But then I kind of like thought back to, you know, when I grew up and I'm like, you know, I don't really think about movies when I think about like the male archetype. I think about real people. You know, I thought mm, about like athletes. Yeah, I, to me, it was more like, you know, Michael Jordan, Brian Erlacher, um, you know, my brothers and my dad. So I, I think the whole media thing is probably not a big deal. Yeah, um, but I can't I can't it, help but think back and look look back at like the Batman, the Superman, like, you know, th those archaic um, archetypes of masculinity. Like, I mean, every little boy ran around the cave at some point. I, yeah, I took absolutely. My like around like 17, I think. But, uh, you know, the, the cape is an essential part of uh, growing up as being a man. <laughs> the cape. 
Yeah. It just Dude, seems like a way to get like attacked, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> I don't like yeah, to wear yeah. a tie. I think I heard this from Joe Rogan. He's like, uh-huh. you can wear a tie. Like, I'm going to drag you down by that thing. That's a noose around your neck. Uh-huh. And, and ever since I heard that, I'm like, I don't want to wear a tie ever again now. Like, that's, that's a true. liability. Yeah. So, man, I know I know you're into some pretty cool things, too, between ultra running things, sounds like martial arts as well. All these things tie into imagine the, the leadership lessons that you get to share yeah. with the audience. Uh, what are some of the things you're doing on your path to man- manliness? Yeah. So let's let's talk running, because we were talking about this before we started. Um, I chose this exact date because I knew what I was doing this month. Um, so just this last Saturday, I ran my first ultra marathon and Sick. yeah and you know like a normal guy would have picked like a regular trail run or even a road run uh i went for the spartan race ultra marathon <laughs> so um for those that don't know it's roughly 30 miles i was mm-hmm. told it was a 50k my watch told me it was like 29 but i think my watch was wrong um it's two loops around this trail course i mean like 6,000 feet of total elevation. There's mm. 60 obstacles, including carrying like an 80 pound bucket of rocks, climbing over 10 foot mm-hmm. walls, monkey bars. I love the Spartan race because I'm not that small of a dude. So like when I go to a 5k or a half marathon, there's always some like really like narrow shouldered dude that just smokes me. And I just look at those guys and I'm like, man, if there was like just a sandbag carry, if there was a 400 pound tire flip, maybe I could outrun you. And that's where Spartan like gives me an actual chance at it. So um, I came in, I didn't run elite. So I ran the open heat because this is my first time doing an ultra, but I finished this 30 mile course in seven and a half hours, uh, which was third place in my age group for the open heat. So I actually did okay. A lot better than I expected. I've been training all year for this. I've been running 30, 40 miles a week. I lost 20 pounds and like gangster. Not really a heavy dude to begin with, but uh, I took it serious. I think it's important to challenge yourself, you know, and and I've been doing this for long enough now that it's getting kind of weird. You know, at one point it was like, let's try running a half marathon. Mm -hmm. All right. How about a full marathon? And and now Mm -hmm. I'm getting into this like crazy world of ultra running, which Mm -hmm. it's a it's a pretty neat community, though. Um, It's a badass community. Yes, it is. So something really special happened to me this year. And uh, it's it's one of the greatest things that ever happened in my life. So back in back in March, um, our town had a little group run, and it was just at this local bar. It was done by the local running company, and I went, and it's just a a fun five k, no medals, just hanging out. Let's go for a run. And when I finished, there was three other people that just got done right before me, and I sat down at the table next to them and just started, you know, just talking to them and stuff. And they were talking like, hey, you know, this is. There's this great running community in Chattanooga, but there's not one here in this town. Mm. It's like, I know there's runners here. Why don't we have a community? I'm like, well, shoot. I mean, look around. It's us. So that day, the four of us passed our numbers around. None of us knew each other. We all got our numbers that day. And we started running every single week at the same spot at the same time. And um, that group started at four, four people. Now it's up to like 12. And like, these guys aren't just like average runners. Like they're elites. Like these are guys that go and run ultra marathons and win. Um, They win five Ks. They win all sorts of races. Uh So I've I've been able to learn a lot from them. And now I can actually like compete with them, which is kind of mind blowing. But, you know, I I was listening to one of your other podcasts and you talk about uh, your guest was talking about, you know, the importance of the people that you surround yourself with. Uh 
And I mean, I was surrounding myself with what I thought were people that were really pushing it, you know? So I'm running with them and I'm keeping up with them. And then I meet these people and they're like a whole new level. They're like doing seven and a half minute miles and four mile runs. And I'm like, whoa, that's so there's levels to this stuff. I'm like, Uh okay, I thought I was doing okay at nine minute miles, you know? And then I realized I got complacent and I started pushing it more. And like, it's amazing when you start changing the people you hang out with, like that, that becomes normal. Like, yeah, I don't look yeah, at these guys yeah. like they're like monsters anymore. I think yeah. of them as just like real runners. Yeah. Let, let me, let me extract a, a lesson from this for, for the Absolutely. Listeners. So that there's a saying that you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. You can predict your success and your future based on your environment and your proximity to those you spend time with. And, but what I heard you say is that as you elevated your environment, as you elevated your group of friends, you also elevated your own game. And that is one of the foundational rules to masculinity, being on the path. Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. We need competition. We need challenge. We need competitiveness. We need to be confronted against our own limitations. And we need to be shown that it's possible. We need other men leading the way for us to chase after, pursue after, to get a little bit jealous, to be like, oh, fuck, that dude's like crushing it in this area, (laughs) business or fitness or finances, whatever it is, because that community of other like-minded men is essential to us having a breakthroughs that we need in our life. It's, it's huge. Yeah. Um, There's a, there's another girl in this group. She's, uh, she's also a content creator Mm. and she's kind of just getting started, but she does have her own podcast. She, um, she does write her own blog. She mentioned something the other day. It kind of blew my mind as something that I should have thought about, but never did. She said she wanted to be around more interesting people. And Mm. she goes, I guess I didn't think about it, but if you want to be around more interesting people, you guys start doing interesting things yourself. Mm -hmm. So she started doing all these Ragnar relays, um, you know, it's like you get in the van and you like basically like pass the baton to each other and run across like 200 miles or whatever as a group. Yeah. But that's how I got into this group because I was already a runner. I was getting somewhat competitive. Mm-hmm. And because I put myself out there, that allowed me to meet these people. You know, I hear all these guys all the time talk about how oh, I can't meet a nice girl. I can't do this. I'm like, I just they're like, oh, I just meet all these like dumb hoes and stuff. And I'm like, well. Where do you meet them? At the bars. At the yeah. Bar. On, on the Tinder. Yeah. It's like, no wonder you keep me all these drunks. Yeah. On the Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the hoes are on Tinder. What do you expect? Yeah. Yeah. But like, I tell people all the time, like go out and, and find something you like to do. And whether uh-huh. it's girls or friends, like you're immediately going to have something in common. Yeah. And, and let, I mean, let's, let's, let's pause there for a second because I want to spend a few minutes talking about dating. I, if you, if you are in the same space I am, and I know that you are, you get a lot of guys raise their hand and say, how do yeah. I meet a, a beautiful woman? How do I meet someone that shares similar values? And, you know, so this is such a good piece to talk on because you said such a, a gem, a gem, find something you love doing first, stop trying to chase and stop trying to fish in the cesspool where everyone else is there. You're not going to find Mrs. Wright hanging out at the bar, go do the things you love doing, whether it's martial arts or it's running marathon, running ultras, uh, fucking underwater basket, weaving, whatever it is, like fall in love <laughs> with your passion. And that's where you're going to find the people that are connected to your circle. Yeah, that's that's how you find more compatible people, you know, compatible people. Yeah. Yeah. You, you hear a lot of people. It's like, you know, we tell guys all the time, like you need a lead and and they're not. They're chasing. Like you said, they're they're chasing. Where are the girls? Where do they hang out? Go to the coffee shop, go to the library. I'm like, dude, I don't like coffee and I like books, but I don't really like libraries. <laughs> and I don't I don't know if that's even an option. Like are guys actually meeting girls at libraries. I don't know. 
I don't <laughs> like, know. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even know the approach on that. Hey, nice I don't book. E- yeah, it's like the quietest place in the world. It's going to be the most awkward hookup or like connection ever, you know? Yeah. But yeah, just go out and, and live your own life. You know, one of the things I like to tell guys all the time, they're like, oh, what if she says no? And I'm like, well, here's what I would tell you to do. Instead of trying to pick the perfect date for her, find something that's really cool that's going on like in your community, some place you want to go and ask her. And if she says no, make her regret it. Like go there anyway. Go anyway. Go there, yeah. Go there on your own. Bring one of your buddies. Bring another mm-hmm. girl. If you got a pretty girl that's a friend, take her, post on Instagram and see what she does next weekend. Mm-hmm. She'll hit you up probably. Yeah. Or she's just not interested, which, you know. Yeah. And and gets to know faster. You know, I, yes. I think I, they, dating is one of those things where you need to get to the know as fast as possible because uh, unless your only goal is just to run through as many, you know, partners as possible, which I don't advise because yeah. I think that will suck your soul. But yeah. it's to get to the know fast, you know, get to the know in regards to it. They don't align with my values. They are not moving in the direction that I'm moving in. Uh, they are not going to be a good, compatible, long-term partner. And so I need to get to know fast so I can get back into the game and start fishing in the right pools. Get to know faster. I like that. Guys think the worst thing that can happen is for a girl to say no. The worst thing that can happen is for you to spend two years obsessing over her and then for her to say no. Yeah. I mean... Or or get in the relationship and you suffer from the nice guy syndrome and then you just end up giving your nutsack to her and then it yeah. just it gets dra- dragged out for 10 years. I, yeah, I got plenty of ex-girlfriends that would probably not say I was a nice guy, but I felt like I fell into that mindset sometimes where I would... Sure. What do you want to do? Where should we mm-hmm. go? You know, are you mad? I remember like saying that, like, oh, what are you what are you upset about? And and now it's like, hey, are you okay? And then it's fine. I'm like, okay, it's fine. I'm mm-hmm. gonna go work out, you know, and yeah. just let it stew for a day. You know, if it's a real problem, yeah. we'll talk about it tomorrow. But sure. you know, sometimes I've seen I've seen so many friends where they just they get so anxious and they're like asking what's wrong? Why are you mm-hmm. upset? Like, dude, maybe she feels bloated today. Like it's not always about you. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like just let yeah. it go and quit being so neurotic about it. Right. Um, well, that that is also a, a much bigger can of worms to open up the <laughs> the neurosis of dating when it comes to the male female dynamic. And I think part of the reason yeah. and that uh, so many guys in their twenties and thirties that are are struggling with that neurosis uh, is because there's a lack of masculinity. Is because yeah. there's not enough good men that have led from the front that have healthy relationships with uh, other men in the tribe, but also healthy relationships with women where they've got good appropriate boundaries. They know. What they want they're having fun they're living their passion they're living their great most integrated wholehearted life and so they just attach they attach to these women and then the women will be women and do what women do and like change their mind one moment and get back in and back out and that just that's normal that happens and because of the lack of groundedness and the guy they're just like fuck how do i fix this you know guys guys always trying to fix something i get it i'm a, I'm a recovering yeah. nice guy <laughs> I think a lot of guys are, Yeah, you know, you, you hear all this talk about like all these like horrible men out there. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not meeting too many of them. Most of them are really shy and nervous. I got a friend that won't mm-hmm. talk to girls. Like he, he's afraid to open up to girls because the Me Too movement. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't think that's for guys like you. Like you're not Harvey Weinstein. Calm down. You're just a yeah. nice guy, you know? So unless you're like shoving your tongue down this girl's throat, like on the first date, I don't think you have anything to worry about. Yeah. I think part of the neuroticism comes from a lack of options too. Um, especially like the online dating world where, you know, there's, I don't, I guess Tinder releases like some kind of infographic 
or something. Have you seen these pictures going around where it shows like how many times mm-hmm. you swipe and then how many connections you make and then how many like people respond? No. And then if you hook I, up or I not. haven't been on Tinder in a very long time. I, I yeah, I haven't been on it. Um, I think I used it once like seven years ago or something. I don't remember. But I've seen this on social media and it'll show like girls will, you know, swipe. Um, I get them mixed up. She'll say no, like 95% of the time. And then she'll still okay. end up with like 37 connections. Whereas a guy will say yes, like 80% of the time and get like three matches. Uh, you know? okay. So if you're only, uh, <laughs> I'm in sales. So if your only lead generation is online dating, mm-hmm. like there's a huge mismatch there where a guy is only going to have a couple of decent options and this girl is going to have like dozens to pick from. Yeah, that makes sense. She, she yeah. does view you as more expendable. Because to her, you are, whereas the guy is like, I have to keep her because I swiped so many times and I sent so many heartfelt messages and this is all Mm. I got, whereas the girl saying, hey, so I think that's part of where the neuroticism comes from. Mm, I've never been a fan of online dating. Part of it's my age. Um, You know, I'm 35. Online dating started out as like messaging people on Instagram and Facebook, right? Right. And uh, I guess World of Warcraft, if you were into that stuff. Um. People did do that. And uh, th- th- I actually defend that one because at least they're going after like their common interests, right? So, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, Bro, I think I, I, that's cool. I, I, a few people noticed about me. I had a, a World of Warcraft phase. It was, uh, <laughs> God, it was over 10 years ago. I had a knee surgery and I, I sat in front of a computer and it ate hours of my life. I've heard this weeks bro but i i developed what i thought were meaningful relationships through the little chat button as yeah. i was drinking my mountain dew and eating hot pockets <laughs> like it was uh it was a very different season of life and kind of maybe 20 20 years ago no but, i get um, it man like, gaming's an addictive thing man. it's it's a yeah. i used to play a lot of call of duty um but i don't know i online gaming kind of scared me away i'm like this this could be an addiction i gotta I got to stem back. So now I'm more like, I'll just play the single player games once in a while. But if you're only looking at online dating, though, I mean, like you've got like a weak pool of options. I think you have much better chances of meeting people in the real world. You yes. know, that's that's how I've met every single person I've ever dated. Every single person yeah. I've met through either friends or just I've had some like weird, you know, serendipitous moments where we're just whatever, hanging out and someone saw somebody and we just started talking. And those are fun stories. And I think it gives you a much more fair chance to meet somebody because mm-hmm. the online dating role is like the equivalent of like going to a bar and there's only like 10 girls there and 300 dudes are trying to figure out which one they're going to take home. You know, it's yeah. just the, the numbers aren't there and you have such a small window to talk to people. The real world, you can make a real nice impression and you don't even have to like hit on a girl. You can just be talking to yourself. To yeah. Just be yourself. And, and, and I, I would just say that, you know, if you are going to venture into the online world, that you build a profile that's worth swiping on. If you are going to do the online dating thing, if you're going to use your Instagram, your Facebook as a, a secondary resource, because we do do our, our searching of people that we're going out on dating, yeah. like, oh, who are they on Instagram and YouTube and all that stuff. And I've told all my male clients, this is build a life of value. Yeah that actually has something that could showcase your personality. And so go run the marathons, go get in fucking shape, go be, you know, hang out with the dudes, like do things that are awesome. So if a girl does land on your social account or your, your, your dating profile, she's like, that guy's got everything. 
He's yeah. got he's got all the things I want. Like there, there's a handful of swipe worthy photos that you got to have. You got to have the badass shirtless workout photo. You got to have the, the I accomplished something hard like a 50k, you know, Spartan mm-hmm. race. You, you got to have the group of guys to hang out with. You got to have yeah. this dude knows how to have fun, tear up the dance floor, all those things because that says so much about your character and it's not just about the show. It's about the fact that you're actually going to be, be able to maintain the relationship because you know who you are. I've, I've told people almost exactly what you're just talking about. It's kind of funny. And I'm sure you've heard this all the time. Guys will say, uh, Instagram's for girls or social media is lame. I'm like, yeah, I know Instagram's for girls. That's why you need to make yours look good. Cause that's what they're going to yeah. look at. I, I think almost every girl does that when they meet a guy, they'll sure. look up your social media. They want to see what your Instagram looks like. I think at minimum, every guy has got to have nine photos on there. You know, like you want that first page to look decent. And like you said, something hard, some traveling, um, some pictures of you working out. And I think anything with you, with people, especially girls, it just communicates, hey, this guy's not a serial killer. He's not a creep. He's got at least some friends, <laughs> you know, and it's it's not that hard. And the other thing is it kind of motivates you to go out and like live your life. I think that's probably even better approach is uh, I always say the best dating advice that I could give anybody is to stop trying to date and date yourself. Yeah. Go fall in love with yourself, fall in love with your best life, find something you're passionate about, start an Instagram account about being a fucking man, like do something that makes you excited, makes you light up, that makes you actually fun to have a conversation with. And then it's no longer trying to sell yourself. Cause I think so many guys forgot this, that they are the catch guys are the value. Yeah. Guys are the ones that really, at the end of the day, if you become that ripped, like like physically ripped, that rich, wealthy, finding your purpose, you are a rare gem that so yeah. many women would be happy and so grateful to have. Ripped, rich, and rare. You become yeah. that guy, and you're gonna have your pick. It's 100 percent true. There's there's no competition. You know, it's yeah. it sounds tough when you don't have anything going on in your life. You know, if you're gonna talk to some girl and say, oh hey. You know, what did you think about the football game last night? Or, you know, hey, would you see this? And, you know, hey, did you see the new movie? Did you see the new TV show? Like, it's boring. But if you're actually going out and, like, living your life. I mean, my whole town, everyone in the city, like, all these people that see me, they always, like, make fun of me. They're like, Jesus, how many miles did you run today? And I'm like, just four. And they'll, like, scoff, like, just four. But, you know, like, I've become that guy, you know? And, like, I've got the friend that's, like, the CrossFit girl. I've, I've got this girl that does like olympic style bodybuilding you know it's it's cool to have like a real life passion as opposed to just watching stuff on tv and that's what most people are doing so once you have that like you said you're a gem and people notice people notice that stuff real quick it just becomes a thing yeah that's awesome man that's awesome i I love what you're putting out man i uh what's new coming out for you anything exciting in 2023 with the path to manliness um I, I'm always afraid to say what I'm going to do because I don't know if I'm going to follow through with it. <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm like a perfectionist and like I never know when it's going to actually hit. I've been kind of working on this. Um, I don't know what time frame it's going to be. I want to say it's like a 90 day project, but, you know, in reality, it's probably more like six months. But I'll, I'm creating a, a project where, you know, you, you, you sign up and it's like a a transformation process. And mm. the idea is every 30 months, you just do a challenge and they're going to be kind of cumulative where you're, you're not shocking the system too much. You know, some guys want to do like 75 hard, for example. I think that's an awesome challenge. I think that's like 
you know, taking math 300, right? Like that's not the beginner course. That's like for the guy mm-hmm. that's already hitting the gym and crushing it and wants the real challenge. Like that's, that's a tough thing to do. You got to work out twice a day. Most guys can't even work out twice a week, mm-hmm. you know? So I want one that's a little bit more beginner friendly. And, okay. um, that's what I did when I started when, um, when I came off my divorce, I was in rough shape. I was probably 40 to 50 pounds heavier. Like people see my driver's license. They think it's a different person. Mm. And, uh, every 30 days I just introduced something new. I'm like, all right, today I'm going to stop, you know, eating potato chips. It was, it was like, that was it. That was all I wanted to mm-hmm. do that month. And, uh, it was enough to lose a few pounds. And then like the next month it was like, all right, now I'm going to try to go for a bike ride every day. You know, and I just, I slowly started introducing different habits and, you know, I like the idea of changing like one thing every, every month. Cause it lets you focus on, just one little change. And by the time 30 days have gone by, mm-hmm. it's like a habit. And now it's not, you're not trying to juggle all these new things. It's just, you just build upon it. Right. And I'll tell you what, even if you only bat 500, if you bring up six new habits over the course of a year, you'll be a completely different person. hundred percent. Yeah. I love that. So what I hear you say it, without putting any pressure or accountability <laughs> on you, you, you have the, in the works, a uh, kind of a 90 day transformation program to help beginners become better men. And yeah, I can't imagine a, uh, a better thing for your list. You know, so many men out there that are just easing their, their feet into, you know, the masculine path. Like we need things to work, look forward to. We need things to constantly challenge us. And really at the end of the day, we also yeah. need mentors that are out there doing it and to follow blueprints. Yeah. And I think, um, you're probably as guilty of this as I am, you know, because of the social media that we have and who we are following, we're in a bubble and I see these guys killing it every day. And I kind of forget what a small minority they are. Cause when I get out in the real world and I see my old high school buddies and stuff, man, I got friends that haven't been to the gym since COVID. Yeah. And it's like, that really set a lot of people back. I thought that with more time at home and this and that, I thought maybe there would be about half the people or so that would have taken that opportunity to make their lives better in some ways. No, like almost everyone is worse from it. Like people put on weight. They've, they've quit going to the gym. They've done this. They've done that. I forgot how whenever there's like a little bit of friction, people will quit their good habits. And um, Mm -hmm. that was a tough year for a lot of people. And I think, I think they need that reset. I think they need to get back to the basics and, and they are, but a lot of people are still looking for that first step. I mean, it's just sometimes it's not even like trying harder. It's it's the education. Like people don't realize how unhealthy their habits are. Yeah. You know, um, diet in particular is super hard. When I grew up, I remember like as a teenager thinking that Gatorade was healthy. You know, I didn't realize how much sugar was in there. Mm-hmm. It just I saw Michael Jordan drinking it on TV. I'm like, this must work for him. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's the power of good marketing. But what I also hear, Ryan, and, I, and I'm going to put my coaching hat on for just a second. Go ahead, man. Um, I, I hear that you have a blueprint to get people back in the game and to uh, start getting them dialed up. So other than following the content and and reaching out to you for the occasional check-in or coaching calls, something like that, um, I also hear that there's a calling for you to create some type of blueprint to get these guys up and running. Because if you see a problem, we got to serve the problem. You know that at the end of the day. If yeah. you see it, we have to serve it. And what a blessing it is to be able to live in a time and a space where our ideas, the content that we create gets to become the runway, the blueprint that saves lives. Like I'm sure you get 
so many DMs where guys are like, dude, this is exactly what I needed. Thank you. What's next? Yeah. It's heavy. Uh, when I yeah. first started this, I didn't exactly have these kind of goals in mind. Um, at first, it, it started out of frustration. I wanted to say things that I thought weren't being said. Mm. And I, I got real tired of watching like the idea of masculinity and manliness and all that just be perverted by all sorts of different angles. Like It's, mm-hmm. it's all sorts of different people out there. There's a lot of bad actors. There's a lot of manipulation mm-hmm. at hand. So I started speaking my mind. And part of it was done like in jokes. You know, it was just me having fun. Yeah. But then I started getting those messages and I, I kind of reevaluated everything. And it's, um, it's, it's heavy when you start seeing these messages like, Hey man, you really helped me. Um, or, Hey, I really need help with this. And I, sometimes I get like before and after pictures of guys I didn't even, I'm not even working with. They'll just like send me like, Hey, you know, you just remind me to go to the gym, man. And I just want to show you what I've done. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like, it's powerful. It's humbling, mm-hmm. yeah. but it also, um, makes you feel guilty when you, when you're worried about like, Hey, did I do enough today? Did I live yeah. up to the example? And I, I, I don't know. I, I struggle to put out enough content sometimes, I think. But mm-hmm. I do know that I actually can live the life that I talk about. And I know yeah. there's a lot of people online talking about masculinity and self-improvement. And they're doing it anonymously. And I do know some. And, and some of them are in great shape. Yeah. But like, I want to show it. I want people to, yeah. to hear what I'm saying. But I want them to also see like... Uh-huh. Hey, you know, I don't take my shirt off all the time, but I did just run a 50K and I came in third yeah. in my age group. So I'm not yes. slacking off. <laughs> yeah, man. That's so gangster. That's so gangster, dude. And man, Thanks, man. I, I love I love it because it, it means you're being you're being the truth. You're being the light. You're being the example. I share with my guys all the time. Our philosophy as men shows up in our physicality. Our yeah. philosophy shows up in our physicality. So all the things you say, hard work, consistency, honor, leadership, that shows up in how you look, shows up in how you, you present yourself when you walk into room your presence uh your patience all of that shows up in your physical body and if you're looking to start anywhere the place that you start is in getting in shape is yes. doing doing something physical that is the gateway to freedom as a man there is no other gateway. you can't think yourself through it you can't try and you know positive intention affirmation while you into it. you got to do some movement you got to yeah. go run. You got to go drop down, do some burpees. You got to stop sticking the stuff in your pie hole. And that <laughs> like that will give you the, the courage and the confidence and the competence to be able to take on greater challenges. But it starts with the body. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as your health goes, so goes the rest of your life. So if, mm-hmm. if you can get your health in order, I mean, people just want to be around you. Like yeah. guys that are in great shape, they're doing something wrong. I mean, I got old guys that come up to me all the time. They're like, young man, what is it you do? Uh-huh. <laughs> What, for That's work awesome, they're like no how do you stay in shape you know I, i've had people that have seen me you know they watch me lose the weight this year and they're like i know you run like what else do you do and mm-hmm. they, they just want to know and, and people want to be around winners mm-hmm. and most people that can get get their health in order get jacked get in shape like they got something going for them and people like yeah. being around it it just yeah. it draws people like being fit yes. like gravity yeah, it's 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 a, the number one sign of self love. Yeah, and self love, you know, attracts to it more love, and people are going to be drawn to it. People are going to be drawn to you when you take care of yourself, man. I had um, I had I saw this on uh some some girl posted this on Instagram, or whatever. There's a lot of girls that post on Instagram about running. Like, I I had a hard time finding the guy runners out there. So DM me if you got like an awesome running channel, and you're a dude because I need more of them. But this girl posted this great comment. It said um, people ask. You know, why are you running so much? Like, why would you punish your body? You're already in good shape. She's like, and, and her response was, I'm not punishing my body. I'm celebrating what it can do, you know? Mm. And 
people always tell me like, you know, you can lose more weight if you go to the gym. I'm like, well, I do go to the gym, but I also enjoy this running thing. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's actually fun for me, which sounds insane to some people, but yeah. I, I like that idea of like, I'm not working out so much as I'm celebrating what I can do. Like that's mm-hmm. a really cool way to look at it. Yeah. It's honoring your temple. 100%. Yeah, exactly. I love yeah, it. It's beautiful, man. Ryan, other than the, the channel that is crushed, what else uh, do you have out there that um, people can absorb? Uh, you know, just Google Path of Manliness. You'll find me, you know, whatever you okay. want. I got um, I got a podcast out there that I'm on and off again. <laughs> Lately, okay. I've just been um, doing like solo episodes on there. But cool. I do I do like doing episodes like this. So um, I've got plenty of interviews I've done on my podcast. I've got my website I write pretty consistently on, even if it's not as much as I want. And then I'm on social media, Twitter and Instagram are my most common ones. Those are where to start, I would say. Cool. So, and I know you've got a couple books too that you can get on Amazon. I've got a couple books or on Amazon. If you're in a foreign market, you can probably you can find them through Gumroad. And okay. um that tends to work a little bit better for some people. Um and I've even got a couple free books if you sign up to my uh email list. So awesome, awesome. Check out, check out the website, it's all there. Yeah, man. Awesome. So our listeners, please check out Ryan Feldman, Google Path to Manliness, and you know, check out all of his channels between the Instagram, the Twitter, the Amazon, and go give this guy a follow. You know, at the end of the day, he is on a mission, just like myself and so many other men inside the circle where we're helping to bring men back, give them the tools for the tribe, the confrontation, the community, the competition to make them better. Because at the end of the day, no one's coming to save us. Nobody. Right. And so we got to band together as brothers and realize that iron sharpens iron. And when you get better, I get better. When you win, I win. And we go back to that old school 1950s modality of just taking care of the tribe. The whole world gets better. Families get better. The leadership gets better. Politi- politics get better. Everything gets better. Well, maybe not the politics because that's always fucked up. <laughs> but that can be a conversation for another time. We'll, we'll work on that one next year. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll just get started on this for now. It all starts with yourself. That's all you can control. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, once you get your life in order, I mean, most people that obsess over politics, they don't have their life in order. So That's true. focus on you. I got one last question for you, Ryan. I, I give this to all my uh, all my guests. And the question okay. is, finish, finish this statement. A man of value is? A man of value is a man of action. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people out there talking about what they think things should be and what they think the world needs to be. A man of value is someone who makes it happen. Mm-hmm. And if you if you're that person that can make things happen, if you can move the needle, you're always going to be valuable and you're mm-hmm. always going to be important. And there's very few people out there that are really making things happen. Mm-hmm. I love that. That is beautiful. That's beautiful. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, man. Listeners, go give him a follow. Make sure you share this. If you like this episode, uh, do us both a solid and make sure you follow both the pages, like, subscribe, leave us a comment, five-star review. We'd love to get this out there as many men as possible. And we'll see you on the next episode. Much love and many blessings. Boom. Boom.